Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I am your host, Merritt Beck. I am a fashion and lifestyle blogger. And on this podcast, I'm talking about all things life, work, and love as a single woman in my 30s. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. I am on my second cup of coffee this morning. I woke up at 5 a.m. to get started on Cyber Monday stuff. So because I'm a blogger, you know, I'm always sharing links for new sales and deals and things. This week is huge for us. So I had a Black Friday sale post on Friday and I've been sharing some sale things throughout the weekend, but Today is the biggest day and you don't know some of the sales until the day of. So I wanted to wake up early and get that blog post finished, get the newsletter scheduled. And so I woke up at five and I did that. I worked on it for about two hours before, you know, actually starting my day and taking Reese's for a walk and working out and getting ready. And now we're here. I'm recording on Cyber Monday, but as you guys know, these episodes air on Tuesdays. So while some of the sales might be over, I would bet several, including the Shopbop sale, Net-A-Porter, Matches Fashion, perhaps even the Nordstrom sale would still be going on. And I have shared a roundup of sales on the blog, and I've also been sharing roundups on Like to Know It and on my Instagram stories on both TSS Edited and at Merit Beck on Instagram. So check those out if you are looking for a deal, if you are trying to save on some of the holiday gifts that you're buying this year, follow me on those accounts. All right, let's get into some personal updates. So last week, I spoke too soon after my booster shot. I told you guys last week that I had my Pfizer booster on Sunday. And Monday morning, I was feeling great. I had no symptoms, no side effects. Well, by the end of the day on Monday, I started having this very painful, tender sensation in the area between my armpit and my boob. And at first I was sort of like, I wonder if I pulled a muscle this morning during my workout. But usually when you pull a muscle, you feel that right away. And I mean, it could have been any anything. The next day it got so much worse. It was so sore to the touch and just I, I just felt so achy in that area that I kind of started to panic. And so I wanted to get it looked at before heading home for Thanksgiving or heading to the ranch just because I knew that I would be stressed about it, thinking about it the whole time if I didn't, you know, get it checked out. So I called my uh, gynecologist and she was able to fit me in at 1045 on Wednesday. And I went in and she checked me out and told me, and actually a friend had told me the night before I went to dinner and she'd said she'd had the same thing after her booster and that it's probably totally normal, but obviously still get it checked out if you're concerned about it. And so I went to the doctor Wednesday and she also confirmed that and said that a common side effect for women getting the booster is actually getting swollen and tender in the lymph nodes closest to where you got the booster. So in your arm. And I had never heard of that. But of course, several days after my mom actually saw an article that CNN had shared. It's it's pretty widespread. It's pretty common of a symptom to get post booster. But I did not know that. And so <laughs> I'm glad I got it checked out. She, t- The doctor told me that if I was still experiencing any pain or discomfort with it after a week to call her back and we'd get imaging. But honestly, within a day of the doctor's appointment, I felt totally fine. With that said, that night on Wednesday night, I woke up in the middle of the night with a sore throat and I noticed my lymph nodes in my neck were swollen and tender. It's like it had 
moved along through my body just to the next lymph nodes. And so I didn't feel that great on Thanksgiving. I had sort of a sore throat that eventually went away within like 48 hours, but definitely experienced some lymph node side effects. And it makes sense if you're familiar with what lymph nodes do. They filter your lymphatic fluids that come throughout your body. So like when you are trying to fight an infection, that's what the lymph nodes do. They try and filter that out. So it really makes sense. I just honestly had not seen or read anything about it until I'd experienced it myself. And, you know, my friend told me about it after I'd brought it up with her that it was a concern of mine. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up if you are getting your booster shot, which I think everybody should. Uh, definitely just know in advance that you might have some discomfort in your lymph nodes in addition to the other symptoms they've said might happen. Just thought I'd share that. Now for a little Thanksgiving recap. So as you guys know, I headed after the doctor's appointment down to the ranch on Wednesday and stayed through Sunday morning and it was the best weekend. I honestly only wore makeup and real clothes on Thanksgiving day. And then the rest of the time I practically didn't shower. I was in workout clothes, no makeup, didn't do my hair. It was such a nice break. And also it was kind of rainy and cold the entire time I was there. And so aside from a couple of long walks with Reese's, we also took a a ride around the property just for fun. Most of the time was spent watching football, sitting by the fire, doing puzzles. We also played Mexican Train, which is a dominoes game I've never played, and now I'm obsessed with it. It took us a little while to figure it out. It's a little complicated, kind of like Mahjong. It takes a minute to really get it going. But once you start playing, it's kind of addictive. Last night, I even ordered my own set on Amazon, and it's supposed to arrive today, but I'm definitely going to be putting that to good use. The Wi-Fi was pretty bad at the ranch, and so I ended up not getting as much work done as I thought I would, which honestly was a blessing in disguise. Usually, as I've mentioned, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Cyber Week is a really big week for bloggers, influencers to share a bunch of content. And I had planned to, and I I got some work done Friday morning and Saturday morning, but because the Wi-Fi was so slow, I sort of gave up after a couple of hours. I shared what I could, but then I just sort of was getting frustrated, (laughs) not being able to get the links or have pages load, that kind of thing. So it kind of forced me not to work, which I probably needed. With that said, I definitely did some shopping myself. I've ordered a few gifts so far. Um, I plan to shop a little bit more today now that it's Cyber Monday, but I, I did a little shopping on Friday and again when I got home to Dallas on Sunday once I had better Wi-Fi because I wanted to get some new stuff ahead of my New York trip later this week. I realized a few weeks ago when I was shooting content for the holiday winter caps wardrobe that some of my coats are a little tighter than they normally are. And obviously I want to be able to wear sweaters under coats comfortably in New York since it's always so cold there this time of year. So I definitely ordered a few new coats to try. I ordered some sweaters from the Net-A-Porter sale and from J. Crew. And I ordered some sweaters and dresses from ShopBop. I'm planning to probably return a lot of it. This is just how it goes. I order a lot and only like a handful of items work in the end, but we'll see. I always love a good deal. I love to shop and this is a great time to do it if you're wanting to save on stuff. So why not? Plus, I'll be shooting content with a photographer while I'm in New York. Obviously, want to take advantage of the gorgeous backdrops. It's one of my favorite places to shoot content. So I wanted to have some new stuff for that as well. I will say I kind of forgot about the shipping issues and several of the sales like Net-A-Porter is notoriously slow during the sale to ship things out. And that's not even including the current problem of 
COVID-19 shipping delays and supply chain issues. So fingers crossed, at least some of the stuff arrives before my trip. Otherwise, I may have to hop by North Park before I leave. Anyway, back to the ranch. Because of all the driving, both there and back, and then a few long walks with Reese's on the ranch, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I actually finished two audiobooks and started a third one on the way back. The first book I finished is called The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins, and this is a rec I got from Ashley Heseltine of Girls Gotta Eat. It's a thriller, which is like my favorite book genre. (laughs) And it's about a woman basically trying to infiltrate this wealthy gated community in Birmingham, Alabama. So really Southern, obviously with the audiobook, there were accents. Didn't bother me though. But she's trying to infiltrate this wealthy gated community and lifestyle by getting romantically involved with a recently widowed man. But she discovers she might be getting more than she bargained for when his story of how his wife died doesn't line up. And she hears stuff around, you know, the neighborhood and just gets curious. And anyway, it's it's got a great twist. I was entertained the whole time. I thought the narrator for the book was great and it was a little predictable, but I still found it very enjoyable and an easy listen. The second audiobook I listened to was Goodnight Beautiful by Amy Malloy. And this one, I think I saw my friend Grace, who is a blogger, Grace Atwood, but she also does Bad on Paper podcast and they do a lot of book reviews. So I trust her reviews and she shared this one. And I do think I did enjoy it, but I think I might have preferred it more if I'd read it versus listened to it because one of the narrators really bugged me. I will say this one was a little confusing and hard to follow. And the twist sort of feels like out of left field, like the author kind of pulled it out of her ass. But it's still very entertaining and a a page turner, if you will, even though I listened to it. But I will say definitely read it over listen to it. So anyway, it's a thriller about a psychologist who goes missing after moving to a small town to start up a private practice in the bottom level of this old home. And there are three kind of main characters. So there are three different narrators and there's one narrator that annoyed me and it it made for the confusing plot line. But anyway, I thought it was good. I just think, again, read it. Don't listen to it. And then the third book I started on the drive home is called It Ends With Us. And it's by Colleen Hoover, who also wrote Verity, which is one of my absolute favorite books. I highly recommend it. It is aggressively scary and kind of dark and twisted, but it's so good. If you're into thrillers, definitely check out Verity by Colleen Hoover. It Ends With Us is very different, at least so far. It's more romantic feeling than scary (laughs) like Verity was. Um, And it started a little slow, but after about 30 minutes, I was pretty much into the story and wanted to see where it went. So I'm only about to chapter 10 right now, and I'll give a full review when I finish it, but it's good so far. And because of the Wi-Fi problems at the ranch, I didn't stream that much on my computer. There's no, there was no TV in my room and the casita. And so I just like listened to audiobooks at night right before I went to bed. And in the house, we much, mostly watched football. We did watch the new 007 movie, No Time to Die, which 
To be honest, I've seen a couple of movies from the James Bond franchise, but I've never been super into them. I I mean, they're good. This one I really liked, though, and now I'm sort of tempted to go back and watch them all. This storyline was great. There's sort of a biological warfare element. The special effects and action scenes, like all the car chases are great. I just, I, I loved the storyline. There's romance. There's action. <laughs> it's great. I, I really did enjoy it. And I know this is not a hot take. Most people like James Bond, but this was sort of the first time I really got into it and enjoyed it. So I may watch more of them, but just wanted to tell you all to go watch it. You can rent it on Amazon Prime right now. So aside from football and the James Bond movie, didn't watch a whole lot at the ranch. But when I got back on Sunday, on Sunday night, I watched the Brittany Murphy docuseries on HBO Max. I loved her, especially in Just Married. Obviously, Clueless was a classic. Girl Interrupted is one of my all-time favorite movies. I know, dark and twisty. But she was wonderful. And I, you know, a tragic demise when she was 32. That that reminder is sort of frightening considering I'm 34. It's just hard to um, imagine. But the docuseries was a little strange. I thought I thought it was sort of random. The people they chose to feature an interview. It was a lot of people from, you know, her past and maybe not that involved with her in the last few years. And they sort of explain why later it was clear her husband was like such a controlling figure in her life. It sounds like he was really running the show, especially at the end. And he even was fully in charge of her career at the end. He played her makeup artist, manager, lawyer, agent, all of that stuff, and was probably responsible for the demise of her career. He sounds like such a predator. And I mean, as you probably know, he died about five months after her. But anyway, he was so creepy, especially the interactions between him and his mother-in-law. So creepy. They slept in the same bed after she died. He called her babe on, was it Larry King, whatever interview it was. That whole docuseries creeped me out. And the other thing that sort of bothered me about it was they kept featuring clips from old movies that or movies that she was in, like obviously to add drama and intrigue, like uh, I'll never tell that uh, don't say a word that movie she was in. There was one thing and they were sort of ending the first episode of the docuseries with her saying, I'll never tell like multiple times and showing different shots of her. I, I don't know. There were just kind of cringeworthy parts about it, just trying to play up the drama, I guess. But I did learn some new information. I thought it was definitely eye-opening. I I guess I wasn't fully paying attention when she was alive and married to this guy. I didn't know much about their relationship or maybe I've just forgotten over the years. I mean, it's been 10 years, over 10 years. But I mean, definitely watch it if you were ever a fan of her. I think it was it definitely shared a lot of interesting details. Like, oh, also, I thought it kind of makes me, it made me mad at Adam Kutcher. That other interview he did where, was it Larry King or Howard Stern? Again, don't quote me on this, but basically they're just like talking shit about her and talking about like the interviewer was saying, I mean, you might need to get an STD test or whatever after dating her. I mean, they were talking such shit about her on the air and it's like, this is how it was back then. Just sort of like the Britney stuff, how she was constantly targeted, Britney Spears, targeted in the press. The same was for Brittany Murphy. Like the second she started to waver a little bit, they were taking her down. And it's just depressing to look at. And it's like, I wonder if these people feel remorse for that. 
for talking so badly about somebody who's clearly struggling. So anyway, that was all kind of sad and hard to watch, but I do think it's worth watching even with some of the cringy stuff. I mean, again, Simon Monjack, obviously I thought he was sort of a villain here. He might not have been, but from outside appearances, that's what it looked like to me. For this week, I thought we would talk about style. So fashion isn't something you often hear on podcasts, mostly because it just doesn't translate very well when it's audio only. Fashion is about visual stuff. But since I'm a fashion blogger and that's what I do every day, a lot of the questions I receive both for my newsletter or on Instagram stories and even now on this podcast are focused on fashion and style. So when I first launched the podcast, I I did a little crowdsourcing on Instagram for the topics you guys would want me to cover. And a lot of you said how to develop and define your style. I got requests to share how I find the pieces that I buy and then share, how to identify quality items, timeless pieces, and then, of course, knowing which trends to actually buy into. There are obviously a lot of subcategories under the fashion and personal style umbrella, but today I thought we could chat about the basics. And then I also have a special guest later on in the episode who I'm going to chat about some of these topics with. So definitely don't miss that. Spoiler alert, it's my mom, (laughs) but I'm so excited to have her on. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk a little bit about my style first. So my style has evolved a lot over the years. I'll be the first to tell you that I did not care about fashion when I was younger. Uh, Like in high school, girls my age were crushing on the multicolored Louis Vuitton logo bags or the Dooney and Burke less expensive alternative. I was wearing Converse sneakers and was very anti whatever the popular girls were into. And I know this probably sounds super cuh, as Nikki Glaser would say, and I don't I don't really have an explanation other than maybe because I was bullied by the popular girls at my previous school and elementary and middle school. I just didn't want to participate in any of that. And I just thought I was cool by (laughs) doing the whole skater thing in high school. Um, But whatever it was, I didn't really care about fashion until I got to college. And my sister was way more into it than I was in high school. Everything changed for me in college, and I think that may just have been my environment, either because Dallas is way more shopping and store options than Austin, but also SMU was way more like pearls and pop collars. There was like a a status thing in terms of how you looked and how you dressed and shopping and all of that. And while I definitely wasn't wearing the skater-leaning clothes I wore in high school anymore, Pearls and cotton candy polos weren't my style either. So (laughs) when reviewing my photo albums on Facebook, which are all private now, by the way, too many embarrassing things are in there for the general public to see. It appears I wore a lot more colorful pieces in college than I do right now. I'll be sure to share some gems on Instagram if you want to follow at Beck and Call Podcast from my private Facebook archives. But anyway, you can imagine lots of bright, cute statement tops for wearing with jeans out at night. I had a lot of printed, colorful mini dresses for college parties and that kind of thing. I also had a lot of black, specifically tops and mini dresses. But according to my Facebook albums, I really went for it with fun, colorful styles. And I did continue wearing color and more statement pieces into my early 20s, too. There are a few things that I 
fully recall and we'll share photos of, but one was a hot pink pair of Alice and Olivia satin shorts. I'm pretty sure they were satin. And I wore them a ton when I was living in Houston and I was like, what, 22, 23 at the time. And then another item that I remember vividly was a wild neon printed top by Proenza Schooler. I had recently discovered them a couple years before and was just obsessed with everything they did. And this top, I honestly would never be caught dead wearing it now. But at the time, I was obsessed with it. My taste was just more extra back then. But over the years, I've gotten better at buying pieces I can wear again and again. And I've also just recognized I prefer styles that won't fade. Like I like to be able to wear things repeatedly. I like things that go with a lot of things, like a lot of colorful items. I have trouble repeating or styling a bunch of ways, and I get frustrated with stuff like that. A top like that Proenza Schooler top I mentioned was not a repeat offender for a reason. And I started noticing which pieces I really and truly loved enough to wear a lot. And they almost always were classic neutrals, solids. And that's when I stopped spending so much on those colorful printed items. Over time, my purchases shifted to more wearable pieces. And it certainly wasn't an immediate change and has taken me a while to kind of get it right. And still, you know, it's not a perfect science, but today I do think I have a more balanced wardrobe because of that shift. I do still buy fun, colorful pieces from time to time, especially in the summer months and for vacation. But in terms of my everyday wardrobe, the items I really lean on most are the classic neutrals. They just go with more and I get more cost per wear out of those things. So that's just what I buy more of. Today, I would probably define my style as classic and polished, but with a bit of an edge. I'm definitely not preppy and I would much prefer a tee with ripped jeans and sneakers over a pastel frilly top and super girly accessories. So I I definitely wouldn't say my style is super girly or feminine. You might say I still have some of that wannabe high school skater girl in me. (laughs) In addition to honing in on my style preferences over the years, I think I've also honed in on which silhouettes look best on my figure and now shop accordingly, at least most of the time. There are certain silhouettes that just don't work for me. I've got big boobs, so something with a cinched waist and a more fitted bodice is more flattering on me than any flowy style. Flowy, loose cut styles just tend to look like tents on me. I also try to avoid dresses and skirts that cut straight, so like a pencil skirt because I'm hippie too. So an A-line or a fit and flare style is much more flattering on me. And this is sort of, this goes for dresses too. Another thing, so because of the big boob, big boob thing, oversized jackets, sweaters, and tops with extravagant sleeves generally aren't a good look for me either. Obviously, this is stuff that I've picked up through trial and error over the years, but I've gotten pretty good at buying for my figure. Occasionally, I'll buy something that isn't necessarily flattering, but I just love it. Like I have this Zara dress that's tiered and very loose cut and It certainly isn't the most flattering thing on me, but I still love it and wear it during the summer. It's this cute white tiered dress. But generally, I try to stick with items that I know I'm going to feel confident and feel cute in. And that generally is just something that is more flattering. So and if you're not sure, you've just got to try a bunch of styles out to see what you like on your body and what you feel most comfortable and confident in. And I've said this before, I think with travel or packing tips, but One thing that really helps me is to take pictures wearing items. So I know you guys probably aren't going to be doing try-ons on Instagram like I am, 
But even just putting on the outfits that you order from these sales, for example, this week, trying them on, making an outfit out of them and taking a photo of it so you can really see what the piece you're considering would look like if you actually wore it versus just, you know, trying it on without pants on or whatever. I just think taking photos is really helpful in situations, especially if you're not sure you want to keep something, if you're maybe on the fence about something, seeing a a photo of it on yourself from different angles can be very helpful in making a decision. Now, in terms of how I actually shop, I do most of my shopping online. I've just, I'm sort of just over going into stores. I spend several hours, multiple times a week, combing through the new arrival sections on all of my favorite online stores. And that's just part of my job. So I'm saving these pieces. I'm finding and saving new pieces for use in future blog and Instagram content for myself and Liza. So she creates all of the collages on TSS Edited, and she creates those using the pieces that I find and save. And then I, of course, am doing the edit. I'm doing at any age and one piece four ways. I'm also doing sale roundups and just you know, finding stuff that I might want to order to shoot for outfit posts. And so I'm already looking around and saving items I love on LTK. And then that is just kind of the perfect shopping list to go off of when I'm ready to buy something new. I can review all of my favorites and see what I want and need. And it's honestly very rare that I buy something right away. If I see it on a store, I or see it at a store in the new arrival section, I almost always just add it to the folder. And then when I'm ready to buy something or shop, that's when I'll sort of look through everything and make sure there's nothing else I want to buy before checking out at that particular store. All right. Once I've ordered something, let's talk about how I decide whether to keep an item or not. First and foremost, does the item fit me? Because I'm tall and have a pretty proportionate figure, I'm definitely more of an hourglass shape. It's not often I need to get things altered or tailored. So unless the item in question is something super special that I desperately want or need, I generally don't bother with alterations and just return things that don't quite fit. I know that's not the case for everyone. Some people are petite and need to get things shortened a lot. Um, But this is just... This is what works for me. It's I don't have to try hard to find things that fit. So that's sort of what I do when I order stuff. The next thing I consider is the quality. So is the item in question going to hold up? If it's a bag, for example, is the leather going to scratch easily? If it's a clothing item, is it lined? Is it well constructed? Is the fabric scratchy and or soft? Uh, all of these questions kind of come into play when I'm deciding what to keep and what to send back. And then finally, if it meets the criteria for both quality and fit, is it something I'm really and truly going to wear and wear a lot? If the answer is yes, I'll keep it. If the answer is no, then what makes it special? If it's a statement piece, is it something I'll get sick of after one season? Is it super trendy? If yes, I generally pass on it. One of the exceptions to this rule is a cocktail dress. I am happy to splurge on a fabulous, colorful cocktail dress, which like I wouldn't normally maybe do that with like a regular everyday top or something like that. But a cocktail dress I can wear for weddings and parties, I will spend more on because I generally choose classic styles anyway, and I know it's going to look good on me and not feel out of date after a year or two. And I can wear it to multiple events. It's just that's something I'm more willing to spend money on if it is sort of a more colorful or statement item. Now, as far as knowing which trends to buy into and how to identify timeless pieces, I really think this is a case-by-case basis thing. I don't think there's one answer for this. 
For example, I wouldn't expect my mom to buy into the 90s trend of like slinky chainmail dresses or sweatshirts with bike shorts. Not saying she couldn't. You can wear whatever you want, no matter what age you are. But not all trends are for everyone. Those just aren't her style. Those aren't really my style either. That's why the Gen Z shit about skinny jeans and middle parts uh, drives me crazy. Not everyone looks good with a middle part. Not everyone looks good in baggy jeans. I think we should all be able to pick and choose what trends and styles feel most on brand for us based on what we feel confident and comfortable in. And then on the flip side of that, what I think is timeless might just be considered boring to someone else. So I think all of these things in terms of like what you think is trendy, what you think is classic, I think it's person to person, it's going to be different. So the most important thing is to buy what makes you happy, regardless of what's trending or in right now. But with that said, I do think it's important to be mindful about how you shop so you don't end up with an unbalanced wardrobe of all statement pieces. Now let's talk about a few of my favorite brands for a minute, because this is actually a question I'm going to ask my mom too. So I thought it might be helpful to share both of ours. So for jeans, I almost exclusively buy Citizens of Humanity. They just fit my figure better than any other brand. I love that they have bigger back pockets and they sort of are like placed lower on the ass. So it's just kind of a a more minimizing look since I'm hippie and have a butt. So that's helpful. And they're a great length. I love all of, I really love every style they have. Um, Levi's are a great budget-friendly option that I like that are kind of similar. They have different, they have similar styles um, and most of their jeans are under 128 or 100. So that's good. And then for sweaters, I love Vince, Laline, and Club Monaco. Those are some of my go-tos. For dresses and blouses, I love Ula Johnson right now, Zarena. I always love Rebecca Taylor. Reformation, I particularly like. I've mentioned their smocked dresses and tops before. I love those. And then for more budget-friendly things, I love Mango for dresses and blouses. I think they've got good prints and they usually have some good uh, midi dress styles that I prefer, so that's great. For tees and tops, I love Everlane. They're sort of more budget-friendly. I also love The Great for high-quality tees. Frank and Eileen has a bunch of good button downs and tees. One of my favorite white tees is by them. It's a thick cotton linen. It's great. And then Victoria, Victoria Beckham does a lot of fun statement tees. I call it a statement staple. So the ones I buy are usually black or white, but they have a fun detail, like a fun uh, short ruffled sleeve that's kind of more of a statement piece that's still super wearable. So I love those. For trenches and coats, Club Monaco is usually my favorite. They haven't had a bunch of new styles come out this year, though, um, so I haven't purchased any new ones. But I do also love the coat styles at Ralph Lauren and Mango. There are, of course, dozens of other brands I could talk about and designers that I love. But these definitely came to mind as the ones that I shop most often in at least those categories. I think that's all I wanted to chat about this week in terms of fashion. But as always, you can call into the Beck and Call hotline at 214-620-0473 to ask me questions if you want me to deep dive any further on any particular kind of style question. But now, without further ado, let's get into it with my special guest this week. before we get into it with my mom though. Since I was 
uh, with family over Thanksgiving, I thought it might be fun to have my mom come on. People are always asking me to feature more of her because believe it or not, a lot of my blog and Instagram followers are older in their 50s or older. And whenever I share photos of her, I always get questions about what she's wearing and to feature more of her style on my blog and on Instagram. And since this is a style episode, I thought it would be fun to chat with her more about her own personal style, her favorite designers and more. Anyway, she was a little hesitant to do it, but I think she did an awesome job, especially for this being her first time on my podcast or ever doing something like this. So I would like to extend a warm welcome to my mom and I hope you guys enjoy this. All right, guys, I'm coming to you live from the ranch at Thanksgiving. It is Saturday and it is a very rainy and gross day. So I thought today would be a great time to have a special guest on the podcast since we're not doing anything today. So welcome, mom. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) So what do you think about, you know, how we did catering this year? How do you think that turned out? You know... I was very, felt very guilty about it, but it just was very relaxing. I'm so glad. But we decided we didn't like a couple of the dishes and we liked some of them. So what were your favorite things that you ate? I feel like it was all stuff that you made that was the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably because that's what we like and we're used to. It's our tradition. But hold the, pot- the, hold pot- the mic closer. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm just going to, yeah. Okay. The potatoes I thought were really good. The right. uh, twice baked. Yes. Yes. Those are my I favorite. Like I didn't try the other potatoes, the al gratin ones or scalloped. Did We've you have had those? those before and they're very good. Okay. Didn't like the green bean casserole. That was not my favorite. True. It had like a weird smoky flavor and you thought they were frozen. Well, maybe. Okay. I just like our dressing. Oh, yeah. My mom has the best recipe. Whose recipe is that? Is that yours? My grandmother. Your grandmother. And who came up with the sweet potato casserole recipe or brought that into the mix? Because that is one of my favorites, too. Oh, that came out of the Austin Junior League cookbook. Um, A friend of mine was over the other day, and she was making it, too. And she said, well, I think I may have turned that in. It was going around Dallas and... I think I brought it to Austin, but I don't know. It's called Rich Sweet Potato Pudding. It is the best. It tastes like dessert. It's something I look forward to every year. And then we also have sort of a funny recipe. And people always ask me about it whenever I post it, whenever I post a picture of it on my Instagram stories, what I'm eating. It's the lime jello salad my Aunt Jeannie has made. And was that a family recipe of hers, do you know? Or is that something she came up with or found? That was Grandma Beck's. So that was... uh, out of Iowa. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what's in that? Oh, there's pineapple and heavy cream and um, nuts. Like lime jello. jello, Does it have pistachio? I think it does. It has some nut in it. But I used to make it every year, but now Jeannie Brings has brought me one the last few years. So that's so nice. Well, it just, it's kind of, it's funny to look at compared to all the other foods that look really savory, or even though the sweet potato casserole doesn't look Uh, or looks savory. It's not obviously, but the colors are all kind of similar. And then you see this bright green lime jello salad (laughs) and it's in this bunt molding. It's, it's great. I love it. All right. Switching gears a little bit here. I always get questions about you because I do share you pretty often on my Instagram stories, occasionally on my blog, and you have a great sense of style. And obviously that's where I get it, but I kind of wanted to ask you some questions about your personal style since this is a style centric episode. So where would you say your love of fashion came from? Oh, definitely my mom. So what do you think you picked up from her that has stuck with you? Well, I don't, I just don't think I could compare myself to her. She was just always so put together and 
lots of matching colors and she just was great at it but I've, I've always loved clothes so it's I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. Grandmother did have an impeccable taste. How would you describe your style, though? I probably am a little more classic and maybe feminine, but I guess classic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And who would you say are your favorite designers or ones that you tend to buy a lot? Well, I love uh, Veronica Beard. I buy a lot of the jackets, the suits, the jeans, the yeah, tops. I, I love those jeans, I love, too. I love all of those things. Um, I buy a lot of Tory Burch, uh, mostly online. But you mostly like the clothes. You don't buy a lot of their bags no, or anything. It's, no, yeah. mainly clothes. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking you were talking about. And right. then um, uh, I love Etro. I like Prada. Um, Lila Rose. You I, have a lot of Lila for, Rose dresses. For party dresses, <laughs> wedding, dre- thanks to wear to weddings. I love Lila Rose. Lila Rose is hard to beat for our figure. She has a lot of kind of fitted at the waist, loose in the skirt area. Yes. And those are good for our body type, yes. which I agree with. I love all of her pieces. And her pieces are so whimsical and romantic and feminine. Pretty colors. Yes. Pretty colors. Very classic. And Oscar de Loretta is Wonderful like that too, the fit of that. Kind of a dream, Mm -hmm. a dream look. Mm -hmm. What about bags, shoes? Well, Chanel is a classic. (laughs) I actually didn't have a Chanel bag till much later in life, but I have enjoyed the ones that I have. And Alex, I should say my sister works at Neiman Marcus. I think I've mentioned that before as a sales associate and she sells you a lot of those. So she she does influence those those purchases a lot. Yes. So what do you like to save versus splurge on when it comes to clothes, fashion, et cetera? Well, I think at the beginning or before season, I may have a couple of looks or an idea of what I want for that season. And I will go ahead and pay full price when the item is in stock and something I really love. And then I may kind of just hold off and kind of see what goes on sale and fill in little pieces with things like that. Yes, I, I'm i I'm sometimes on that same train, but sometimes, like you said, there's a piece you got to have. Doesn't matter <laughs> if it's fully in stock and full price. It's just something you're obsessed with. Um, okay, so this might be kind of a question back to grandmother, but what's the best piece of style advice you've ever received? Or just any advice, but. Well, I will say this. At one point, grandmother told me that I needed to wear more color because I was wearing a lot of black. And she said, you need to have more color. And she was very good about wearing beautiful colors that complimented her. And so I have to work on that because I do love basic black. Mm -hmm. I got that from you, I guess. And I love (laughs) to have things that are easy to travel with where you can just take two pairs of shoes and wear them with everything. yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am bad about but I, I do love color, so I work on that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'm sure she had the same thoughts about me. I'm obviously a neutrals fan, but um, I, I do try to add color. I try to do solid color on like fun tops occasionally and cocktail dresses. I love getting colorful pieces, but for me, kind of every day, neutrals are just easier, like you said, especially if you're traveling, having options that will work with a bunch of things, that kind of thing. Okay, so are there any trends you dislike right now or any styles you just refuse to buy? Like for me, that's, I mean, I, I have a pair of bike shorts. They were gifted and I would never leave the house in them, but like that's not a trend I would buy. So. Well, I, I don't know about trends, but I, I just... Uh, at this stage of life, I know what things 
I absolutely cannot purchase just the shape. And so there's no point in even looking at something if it's not a shape I can wear. So give an example of a shape you wouldn't purchase then. Well, a pencil skirt is not good on me. I have very large hips and I just, I find a fuller skirt um, is better. Fitted waist. And and a real short jacket does not look good on me. Cropped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel that. My mom and I have very similar figures. We have what is not well known as the Bram Hall legs. (laughs) My great grandmother, grandmother, mom, and I all have the same kind of shape of our legs. We all have very small calves and it's just, for some reason, we all have the same shape. You, I mean, if you put us all in a picture together, you would see it's it's a thing, (laughs) a genetic trait, you might say. Okay, switching gears a little bit, but since you're an amazing hostess, can you share some holiday tips? So like, what would you have on hand when people are coming over, recommend to people to have on hand? Oh, you're very nice. I don't think of myself as a very great hostess. Whatever. I love love to have people over because I love my friends and I love my family. And so I love having people over and I do love entertaining, but I wouldn't say I'm real good at it. Yes, you are. You always are Googling and coming up with cute ways to present stuff. You always have the best wine and things available. I don't know, like what, what are your favorite things, I guess, when you are hosting people? Is it like a charcuterie board? Is it, what are, what do you like to present? You know, I think just through time, things are just easy, popular, you know, different things. Okay. Uh, So you know, it, we do an olive cheese ball at Christmas. That's always sort of a thing. It's just, you know, when you look back at the appetizers and the, even the entrees and things you used to serve 30 years ago would be totally out of style now. You so know, like what? Sort of See, I don't even know this. What oh, is, give an example. Oh, I, well, I can't even think off the top of my head, but it's just like things just kind of go along and now, you know, just different things are more popular. So right now it's like the charcuterie and cheese plates. Well, we did a, a, was that Alexander's idea or was that your idea? The turkey? Oh, I I saw that on online. (laughs) (laughs) So if y'all saw my Instagram stories, my mom, Alexander helped, didn't she? She did it. Oh, oh, she she did did it. But you found the the inspo. And I bought the ingredients. So she did a, uh, like salami and cheese and fruit board shaped like a turkey. So that was cute. I thought ever it was a hit. Well, I, I saw it on William Sonoma, their Instagram, but then I think another uh, food, food blogger, blogger did one that it. was very fancy, fancy, much fancier than... <laughs> we follow some of the same food bloggers. The Half-Baked Harvest is one of our favorites to follow, and we're always sending each other recipes. Was it hers or was it somebody else? I think else? she did okay. one that looked... I mean, it looked kind of like the William Sonoma, except for it was just you know, like on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any good holiday or hostess gift suggestions? Like whenever you go to your friend's house for a party, is there kind of a go-to, like, are you a candle girl? Do you buy, bring a bottle of wine? What's your kind of standard? Both of those are quite popular. Um, I love that um, honeycomb. That's kind of a nice Oh yeah. Thing. You brought that to me last oh, time you visited. I like that. Um, Speaking of cheese boards. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite holiday memories or traditions from over the years that we've done? Like I'll share an example first. I used to love how we would do Christmas Eve at grandmother's house. And that was sort of our, that was sort of our big Christmas celebration. And then the next morning, of course, we would make breakfast when we were little. That's when we would open gifts, of course. But now as adults, we sort of do the Christmas Eve thing and have a more relaxing Christmas day. But what are some of your favorite moments or memories from the past? 
Well, we did always have a very dressy, festive, Christmas Eve, church, lovely dinner, uh, cocktails, yeah. you know, just everybody dressed up. And um, I love that. I think things are so much more casual now, yeah. even though we still a try, attempt. I want to do cocktail attire this <laughs> I, year. I, we attempt that, but it's very difficult with the group. Yes. Everybody doesn't want to participate in that. Yes. And I should say, so before my mom got remarried, we, we have such a small family uh, before my stepdad's family joined the mix. And so we're used to kind of just doing our own thing. And uh, when we would go to my grandmother's house, it would just be my grandparents, my sister and me and my mom and dad. And so now it's this big group of people and we're never sure how many people are going to come. Each holiday is a little bit different, but it's definitely more casual. And, um, but I'm hoping, I'm not sure who all is coming to Christmas Eve this year, but I want to dress up because I have an outfit in mind. (laughs) So I want to dress up on Christmas Eve. So I'm, I'm pushing for that. We have so few things dressy to go to these days, the pandemic that it, it is something to look forward to. I agree. Okay, so what is your take on holiday style? Are you a festive color girl? Are you velvet sequins? What's What are some of your favorite things that you've purchased for the holiday season or recent purchases? Well, I do love color yeah. at Christmas. I love pretty green and bright red. red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. And I mean, of course, velvet is always wonderful. But, you know, if I was looking for one thing, it'd probably be red or green yeah to mix in so t- what about the dress you bought recently what well, we'll what is that how, we'll see how it fits but um just for a couple of parties that, mm-hmm. but tell them about it well um it's victoria beckham and where'd i get that my Teresa. I my think. Teresa. and um it had a little bit of a flowy sleeve because i'm not as comfortable i've always loved sleeveless dresses and i'm kind of getting where i'm gonna have to move from that I think and but it's it's wasted and a little more flowing yeah you know but it's a beautiful green silk I can't wait to see it on it looks very pretty um so actually you segued into another topic so as you've gotten older what have been what are some ways that your style has changed through the years well I think the the sleeves and also I wear more jackets okay I think than I used to when I was younger I just wore more separates or dresses and now I think I wear more jackets I just feel more comfortable together (laughs) maybe it hides (laughs) hides some sins yeah (laughs) um that's probably and I I don't wear as high heels as I used to yeah I I mean this is sort of sad but I already feel like I'm heading that way and I part of it is the pandemic and I'm just not used to wearing them and the idea of putting on four inch heels makes me want to die so (laughs) I don't do it and I have all these pretty heels in my closet and I hope I'll be able to use them again but I just I haven't been reaching for them because my feet just aren't familiar with that heel height anymore. I'm going to have to work my way back up, I guess. All right, moving on to interior style. This is something I also get asked about a lot whenever I share photos at your house, whether it's in Austin or the house in Carmel, which there is a new one and we can talk about that at another time. We're starting from scratch there. But I do share your house in Austin quite a bit when I go to visit. And I sort of wanted to just kind of find out what your philosophy was for interior design and what did you have a theme going into the house? Like, did you have an idea of what you wanted or what kind of, what was the process there? Well, we, um, started this house when we'd only been, we started designing it. We'd only been married 
a year or maybe less than a year. And we started the design process um, with a wonderful architect, Ryan Street in Austin. And then uh, we did have a designer, Nancy Bulon, that was uh, pulled the house together. But um, Morris and I came from such different backgrounds and we both had ideas and it just that anything that we both liked kind of became the decision. And we both liked the French architecture style. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we saw things we both liked, that was the decision. It it really kind of almost made it easy. It worked. That kind of worked perfectly. mm -hmm. It kind of did. So it was fun. And we, we did shop on all our travels. We found things for the house. And that was really a fun thing, thing. um, kind of as newlyweds to do. So that was fun. It was a very fun process. I mean, you know, there were probably things he would have loved or things that I would have loved. But if if you found, both didn't love if it, we both liked it. That was that it. was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So what what are you planning to do in the new house in Carmel? Well, because you're pre- starting from our scratch. Previous house was more of a beach house. Okay, and the people purchased um, the furniture. So and so we are kind of starting from scratch. But the new house is more Spanish colonial. So it's going to have a little different look. So yes. And it started out with a lot of dark woods and you're painting a lot of it. Yes. And you are leaving some of it. Morris likes dark woods. Yes. Um, but we're really starting from scratch with furniture. Did you get any good stuff during Black Friday? I, I actually, I bought a bunch of lamps yesterday. <laughs> One Kings Lane, y'all. Yes. Check it out. <laughs> Got lots of lamps. All right. Since Carmel is sort of travel related, where are you hoping to go now that things are kind of starting to open back up? Well, um, I would love to go back to Europe, to France, Italy, you know, but it would be so fun, but I think I'm not quite ready to do that. We have been to Florida a couple of times. That was really fun. Would love to go back to New York. That would be fun. Uh, but I'm, I'm satisfied to stay here. My, my husband's dying to get back to Argentina. He, he's gone to Argentina for years, for years, and he loves it. And it was entirely closed. I mean, entirely closed for a couple of years so during the pandemic. Yeah, I feel the same way. I am going to New York next weekend, but I still haven't booked any international travel. I'd love to get back to London. I'd, I'd love to do a trip with you and Alexandra to the south of France. I had the best yes. time with my friend Megan, and I think that would be a really fun girls trip with y'all. There are a lot of places I'd, I'd love to go back to Japan. That's been one of my favorite places to travel. Lots of places I want to go. I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm not really ready to do the international travel yet. I do have a wedding that I'm going to in March. My friend is getting married in San Miguel. So that'll probably be my first big international trip. Then. Yes. Um, but I'm not making any other plans at the moment just because everything is so in flux. We don't know what's going to happen with everything. So, well, mom, I've loved having you on the podcast, your debut episode. Well, it was fun. I was kind of scared, but it was fun. I think you did a great <laughs> job and maybe we can do another one over Christmas. I really want to get my sister on here as well. It would Maybe I can get a third microphone and we could do kind of a collective <laughs> recording session when I'm well, over she'd Christmas. She's funny. She's funny. She's hysterical and you're great. I'm And I think you're going to get more used to it as we do more of these, (laughs) as I force you to do more of these. But thank you so much for coming on and also for hosting us at Thanksgiving. It's been so fun spending time at the ranch. That's my joy. Joy (laughs) Thank you so much to my mom for being so supportive and agreeing to join me this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this fun segment. Like I said, I'd love to get her and my sister on here as well when I'm home for Christmas. 
I am not going to do beck and call this week because we're already over the 50 minute mark. But oh, also I'm running low on beck and call questions. So definitely be sure to call in 214-620-0473. You can also submit questions via email info at beckandcallpodcast.com. And as always, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. Be sure to tag me at Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram if you share it in your Instagram stories. And I will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.